Welcome to this episode of the In the Nerd Podcast, hosted by myself, Chris, and my co-host, Nolan. Yo! We're here to talk about anything and everything you can nerd out about. So, Nolan, how are you today? I'm doing all right. Doing all right. Good. Good. Glad we were able to get together to record. Yeah, me too. Yeah. Way better than that uh, Discord fiasco last time. Yeah, I was a little tricky. Yeah. A little tricky. You know, I, I know a lot of other podcasters use it without issue. Like, uh, I don't know if you ever listened to uh, the one that Chris does uh, with uh, Lassa from yeah, yeah. Norway. I've, I've heard bits and pieces of it, yeah. Uh, it's called the Reenactors Corner. Mm-hmm. One of them's in Norway, and the other's in Massachusetts. Right. And they sound fine. So yeah. I don't understand how we couldn't go from New York to Connecticut. <laughs> it's, it's harder to go that way. It, it, maybe maybe because we were closer, it didn't work. I don't know. I'm willing to bet. Yeah. That played a part. Absolutely. Maybe if we were on some kind of crazy six-hour time offset. Exactly. It yeah. would work without a hitch every time. <laughs> but, uh... That's it. Back to China for me. Yep. Away with you. <laughs> uh, so, so, what have you been nerding out about, Nolan, since last time we talked? Um, or last time we recorded? Last time we recorded, the, the big thing for me uh, recently has been, um, it's been a couple, um, and they're sort they're not related at all, but they're sort of related. Mm-hmm. Um, wait, wait, hold on. Let me guess. Board games. Not this time. I mean, oh. I have done work with the pretty board. Man, uh, safe safe bet was wrong. I, it lasts two two weeks running. I'm going to change it up a bit because yeah. um, uh, for me, the big nerd thing is so they they opened a supermarket uh, not too terribly far away from me in mm-hmm. another town over. I think it's only a town or so over. It's like a ten minute car ride. It, it's that. nearby. Yeah, it's nearby. Um, it's called the G Mart. Nice. And it is a Asian supermarket. It is a, a Chinese supermarket. Um, and it is... Oh, it is glorious. It's huge. First off, we've always had this small little, like, one-room Chinese supermarket in town. Mm-hmm. You know, or nearby. And it, it's like, they have everything you need, but it's very small, very cramped. Not a, not a wide selection of things. But, but more than you could get without having to go to Chinatown. Yeah. So it's like, yeah, that'll do. Like, I can get what I want from Chinatown without having to pay whatever train ticket costs, you know, 25 bucks. Yeah. And take the three hours out of my day, four hours it would take to do that. Yeah. Yeah. I'm okay with that. Um, but this one opened up, and it is huge. And they, they, they even have, like, their own... Um, this one is two rooms. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's gigantic. There's more that they're adding on to it. Cool. And it looks... They even have, like, a deli counter. Like a, was that the one that we drove by recently and you pointed it out to me? So that's going to be a... No, no, that's what I thought too. But no, that one, I think they maybe were going to go there, but now they're on the other side of that. Town. Oh, okay. Um, And I've been there twice and I've spent like over $100 in that joint. Wow. Yeah. I've, I've So I, as I hinted at in another show, and I've, I don't think I hinted at it, I think I pretty much straight out said, I used to live and work in China. Yeah. Uh, on and off. 
I've traveled there since 2003, spending six, eight months there, here and there, and then coming back to the States and then going back over. And, mm-hmm. um, for a lot long, longer period of my life than I think I really realized, uh, uh, from like, yeah, from the time I was like 18 till 2017, I think it was my last big trip over there. I was there for most of that year. Yeah, that, that actually checks out. Cause when you came back, that's when we started hanging out for yep. the first time outside of reenacting. Yeah. And that was a mistake. No, no, it was fun. It was fun. Yeah, it was fun, but... Well, yeah, because the first thing you did when you came down is we went to Two Roads. Yeah. Yeah. And I just broke that glass recently. I I was so mad because that was my favorite pint glass. Yeah. Well, we'll just have to go back there. Oh, darn. Two weeks. Oh, no. Six. So less than that, actually. Twelve days, I think. And then you're allowed to drink again? Then my, my fast is over. Um, the only thing fast for me with alcohol is how fast it goes. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> that's that is samezies, samezies. That's part of the problem, <laughs> which is why I don't drink for the first two months of the year. Yeah. Wait, um, it's March, right? Once I get to the seventeenth, I can. Oh, right, I right. stopped the, the holy day. Yes, I stopped yeah. December thirty first, January first, actually, and then I won't touch it again until March seventeenth. Okay, um, so that's a Wednesday. So nice. So the twentieth, come down. We'll go to two roads. Okay. We'll tear it up. Awesome. Um, I'll I'll be fresh off the wagon, so it'll <laughs> be fun. So you'll get drunk on that, <laughs> probably. Uh, Uber's the thing, man. That's all. I'm that, that's one of the good things about being a bit on the chunky side. Yeah. The alcohol goes a little slower. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so I am. Um, I <laughs> yeah. Drinking over in the far east. Let me tell you. Woohoo! That's fun. I remember getting a cab home from a. I want to call it a nightclub. It was somebody's house, I'm pretty sure. But we'll say it was a club mm-hmm. in Hong Kong one time and uh, fell asleep in the back seat of the cab and woke up momentarily panicked when headlights were coming at me from the other side. <laughs> when I realized, wait, 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 no, I'm in Hong Kong. They drive on the other side. I'm okay. Oh, that must have been terrifying. Yeah. I, I, I've traveled and I've done a lot over there in the Far East. You know, I've gone from... You know, the uh, the northeast of China, Beijing, down to Hong Kong and, and whatnot, all up and down the coast. Um, and that supermarket just has so many things that I look at and I go, oh, I used to eat this over here. I'm drinking uh, canned herbal tea called Jia uh, Duobao, which was like this just tea that they used to make over in China yeah. that we would drink all the time. And like it cost me 20 bucks for like a 24 pack. Uh, and I could buy these in China for like three RMB, which is like maybe fifty cents. Wow! So, like, not even I probably get for two. <laughs> <laughs> um, and it's just like all the memories and all the things attached with that food. I was able yeah. to get egg and tomato dumplings. I was able to get a whole bunch of different things to cook with. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it's just been, and like I went there with my housemates and some friends of ours, and they spent an embarrassing amount of money. <laughs> Brian bought $50 of snack food. Oh, man. Panda cookies, dried jackfruit trip, uh, chips, just, they got everything you could imagine. And I'm just sitting there like a kid, like, yep, yep I used to eat that. Yep, I remember that. Yep, yep. We're, I think we're doing hot pot Sunday night for dinner. Nice. Um, and I'm going back up there to buy more <laughs> stuff. Like, it was just like, it's, there are two things I think for me that really, um, uh, that, that memories are strongly attached to. And mm-hmm. one is, um, 
One is definitely like food and taste. And oh yeah, like that. I, I think everybody has that. Like a smell of a certain kind of food or the taste of a certain kind of food and it just triggers all these memories. Mm-hmm. Uh, the other one is music. Okay. And I recently came across the charge cord for my iPod. Uh-oh. <laughs> so I was able to start uh, getting back to listening to that and a lot of the music. And the, the great things about uh, all the terrible things you can say about iTunes, and there are many. One of the great things about it, though, is the selection of music. Yeah. And because I know how to type in Mandarin, in the characters, I have a program for that. I'm able to look up music from back in the day when I was running around in China and download it to my iPod. So I have this section of songs that nice. I just have to... Like, I can't read a lot, but I can look it up and go, okay, let me put that there and mm-hmm. see. And and so it's been a... And I, I take a Chinese class two days a week just to kind of keep... Keep the fluency up. Keep the fluency up. So yeah. it's been a very Chinese-intensive, like, week mm-hmm. for me between going to the supermarket twice and or make a third trip there. Yeah. <laughs> and buying all this stuff. I have cans of Jadol Bao just sitting in my fridge for whenever I want to drink it. I've got... Bags of dumplings in the freezer for whenever I want to cook them. Um, I'm, you know, speaking the language, and now I have the music going, so I'm just getting that full. Like I'm not going there anytime soon, but I can close my eyes real hard and, you know, maybe yeah. huff in some fumes, and it'll be just like being there. <laughs> in some fumes. <laughs> there is a so there is this thing. Every time I've flown to China, I've always landed. I've always gone in through Beijing most of the time, and. Um, like, you get there, and you get off the plane, and you're in this pressurized cabin, and you start stumbling through the airport, because you're usually fairly tired at that point. Yeah. Uh, and you, the minute you hit the street, and some of that, like, local air hits you, it's always that, yep, that's the smell. I'm in Beijing. Yeah. I'm definitely in China. The air is different now. Yep. Uh, is, is Beijing the city where they always have those famous photos of the smog? Or is that somewhere else? No, that's supposedly Beijing, but I've been there a bunch of times and I've never freaking seen it. Uh, my next question, my follow-up to that was going to be, does that smog exist in the area around that famous portrait of Chairman Mao with the thing that so, didn't happen happened? I don't think it's smog in those photos. I've seen them too, and I've lived and I've been in Beijing, and I'm like, where is this like world-famous smog that I keep hearing about every time I'm not here? Yeah. And I think it's the fog in the morning is very heavy. Oh, you think that's all it is? And then the fog burns up. Well, because I've been, like, I was there, I don't want to say 2013, maybe, with Brian, actually. And I got up one morning. We got to have Brian on. Yeah, we really do. And it was foggy. And I was like, oh, wow, it's really hard to see across the street. Let me go down to the dumpling shop and get breakfast. And then I'll, I'll head back to the hotel and wait for everybody to wake up. And then by the time they all got their asses out of bed, uh... Clear sky, clear blue skies, like all the fog was gone. And I was like, huh, I wonder if that's what all those photos are of. Propaganda. Or or if, I mean, like, you want, I want to, like, I don't want to say that, like, ah, it's just BS propaganda, but maybe I'm just somehow over the last 15 years that I've traveled and lived in China, I've just never been in Beijing on a day where the smog is particularly bad. I, I it's possible. I, I, it's not impossible, but, uh, you know, it's distinctly possible. Yeah. I, I, now all I can think of, uh, is, uh, James Gardner and the Great Escape. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, the British burned down your capital. Propaganda. Propaganda. Yeah. (laughs) 
uh, to show you that kind of nerd yeah. aspect coming out again. But uh, it's interesting, you know. I assume it definitely it's makes there. you think. I assume it's there. Yeah. I assume it, or maybe it's in specific areas of the city, or maybe it's when the wind's blowing from a certain direction, coming from the closest coal-fired power plant. Yeah, something yeah. like that. I assume. Because yeah. I, I can't sit there and discount all of it. Yeah. Having never been there, I can't even really comment. Yeah. And I just, like, having been there as often as I have, and I'm always like, where is that smog? Like, like I've seen air quality alerts. Yeah. But I've, like, I've seen those in Utah. So, like, yeah. you know, everybody gets those. I we, don't... we got those in New York over in the Hudson Valley where I live. Yeah. On, on Memorial Day weekend, we were at FDR's house for a reenactment. Yeah. Got an air quality warning along with an air stagnation warning. Along with a severe heat warning. Yeah. It was like, hold on, this is New York, not Utah. Yeah. <laughs> not Nevada or Arizona. What? <laughs> so, uh, yeah. It's it's definitely one of those things, but um, it's just, like I said, I've, I've spent an embarrassing amount of money on, on a lot of yeah. um, food and food and music to fuel memories, uh, you know, from my... Uh, my youth spent, uh, you know, running around China and all the crazy shit I got into over there. Yeah. <laughs> oh, you got some good stories from Oh, over there. oh, lordy, do I. Yeah. Do I, yeah. Well, <laughs> 15, 16 years worth of, you know, being a nut job and going, hey, can we get in the cage with the tiger? Like, you know, just being that kind of person, like, mm-hmm. can we get to that part of the building? Are we allowed to stand on that part of the wall? Yeah. Can I do this? And and my friends always being, you know, fairly well connected individuals going, Yeah, if we get in trouble, you know, my dad's a party member, we'll be fine. And like we go off and do these stupid things. At some point, uh, you know, I know I mentioned the uh the wedding I mm-hmm. went to. That was one of two. I didn't get drunk at the second one. First one I got very drunk at. They brought me specifically to drink with the groom's brother. Oh. Because they were like, he likes to drink. We know you like to drink, so we need you to sit and drink with the groom's brother. You you were the sacrificial liver. Kind of, yeah. <laughs> and that's where I wound up singing Battle Hymn of the Republic to a group of people while very intoxicated. And they had no idea. <laughs> uh, they politely clapped along yeah. with the song, but um, uh, and I was being propped up by the brother. Oh. Just had his hand on my back. <laughs> they wanted me to sing. I'm like, okay, sing an American song. Sing an American song. I'm, you know, drunk. Yeah. And I'm the only one that could come to mind. <laughs> Did you leave out the part about God out? <laughs> no, no, I'm pretty sure I sang the whole thing. They didn't oh, know okay. what the hell I was saying. They just said, Hey, um, you never know who's listening in a communist regime. Doesn't the, matter which one. The second time they want... They, see, that's the thing. It's something weird. Like, you're from far away from a foreign land. Sing for us. Yeah. Because that happened to me at the other wedding where I was sober. Mm-hmm. And I had to sing. I did not sing Battle Hymn of the Republic. Okay, good. No. I actually sang Ain't Misbehavin' by Leon Redbone. <laughs> uh, the last time I was forced to sing overseas, uh, I think I sang All Shall Fade yeah. uh, for uh, the region of Gondor. <laughs> <laughs> Hobbit oh, excuse me, Steward. Steward of Gondor. Steward of Gondor. There you go. <laughs> uh, Funny. I, I couldn't resist the Hobbit. That's joke. hey man, go for it, go for it. I wish I could sing that well. <laughs> uh, I, I unfortunately i I couldn't carry a tune in a bushel basket. Yeah, couldn't carry a tune if we gave you a bucket. No, 
uh, as we say about our buddy John, he couldn't carry a tune if he had a bucket. <laughs> There's a good chance the bucket would explode. <laughs> yeah, just like the jar of peanut butter. Yeah, that's we'll have to have him on just to tell that story. Yeah. Um, oh, yeah. I look forward to having all of your minions on. All my, yeah, minions, I, I prefer to think of them as uh, as uh, collected friends, you know. <laughs> just contacts and connections I've made over the over the decades of my life, which is very odd and interesting people. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, what have you been nerding out about, Chris? Well, there's been a little more Warhammer. Um, I had a, I had my friend JD over last night. He's, uh, he's the guy who, uh, if you, if you didn't listen to the last episode, he did this thing where he fired every weapon on the mech at my one guy and we did the whole Star Wars, Last Jedi. I want everything we have to fire on that man. Yep. And then the more, more. <laughs> so, so as we're rolling dice, we're, we're more, more, you know? <laughs> so we were doing that again. Uh, I was playtesting a couple things, and of course he beat me. Right. But, you know, I expected that. I just wanted to see how some mechanics worked, mm-hmm. and if he was going to say, no, what the rules say, you can't do this. Kind of using him as to challenge me so that when we play our big Warhammer game tonight, I'm kind of a little more... They they won't have to keep me as honest, you yeah. know? I'm, um, I'm sure always, they'll still have to correct me, though. Yeah, I always say you can uh, you can... Learn more from a defeat than you do a victory. Absolutely. Um, so hopefully when we're playing tonight, the guys won't have to go, oh, no, 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 that, that's not how the rule goes. I'll be enough on top of the rules mm-hmm. that I won't have a fundamental misunderstanding. Yeah, yeah. That, that's my hope, at least. Um, but aside from that, I've been nerding out over Gundam pretty hard. Oh, I, yeah? Yeah. I uh, So I illegally downloaded almost the entire... Universal Century of Gundam. Mm-hmm. So we're talking original Gundam, Zeta, Double Zeta, uh, Victory Gundam, um, and all this because there's a new one coming out. I think it's a movie called Hathaway's Flash. Mm-hmm. And for anyone who is not familiar with Gundam, I'll, I'll break it down briefly. So in the first Gundam series, there's this guy named Bright Noah. He's like a 19-year-old lieutenant. And he gets put in charge of the most advanced warship that the Earth Federation has. Um, and so then he becomes this famous captain of the big battleships, you know, and the mobile suits they carry for the rest of the series, basically. Um, and his son Hathaway is, gets involved in some shenanigans. And, you know, so we're first introduced to Hathaway in Zeta Gundam, which is the second series, which I think came out in, like, 1981 mm-hmm. or something like that. Yeah. Um. So, you know, we're going on, like... It... it, it 40 just, years? Yeah, I mean, well, we just celebrated the 40th anniversary of Gundam. Uh, I think it was 79 mm-hmm. when it first came out. Um. But, so, you know, that's that whole thing. So... And I watch through it, and I'm like, some of these things are so goofy. Yeah. You know, and it's like, but you know what? You have to understand it's the time, right? Yeah. You know, and some of the animation, yeah, it's hard to look at. But again, they were hand drawing that stuff, man. Oh, yeah. And not everything's going to look like 1940s Disney. 
Yeah. You know? It's very true. So, you know, and, and watching through, like, a, so, the, the creator of the Gundam series, Tamino, I'm probably butchering his name, um, I've never pretended I could speak even a word of Japanese aside mm. from yes. Yeah. <laughs> Which is easy because it's hi. Hi. <laughs> um, he, he goes through these, these peaks and valleys in his Gundam series where it's like, yeah, everything's going great. You know, the production's running smoothly. I don't feel the need to kill everybody. And then he gets bitterly depressed and everyone has to die. Mm. You know, so. You know, and then he tries to do something goofy, which is double Zeta Gundam. And the first half of that series is just like, what am I watching? <laughs> you know? And so I, I had to force myself through the first half of that again. Right. But then I got into Victory Gundam, and that's a kill them all series. Where it just, it gets so dark. And people die so left and right. But... I did discover something truly amazing in that series. What's that? A whole unit of women who go into battle in nothing but bikinis. With the sole intention of distracting men. (laughs) That sounds like something very Japanese. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) I thought thought that was the most stupidly brilliant thing. (laughs) It's like, okay, so the battlefield is still in, you know, the far-off future... Still dominated by men. Yeah. Okay, well, we're just going to go out there in bikinis. And distract them. Yeah. Right. You know, they're going to be too busy looking at the girls. <laughs> I mean, it doesn't work out too well for them. Why would it? Why would well, it? Well, the main antagonist is like 13. Ah. <laughs> <laughs> and he's more like, I don't want to be in a battle, <laughs> you know? Yeah, that's... That's the weird thing about Japanese things. It's like, here's a person who's a respected military commander, but also a freshman in high school. Like, what? Yeah. That, that that's something I will never understand, you know. Uh, well, that, that's I... that's why like that's why I gravitate towards Gundam, Cowboy Bebop, Trigun. Yeah, those three. Yeah, yeah. Uh I watched Cowboy Bebop and um Fooly Cooly. Oh, yeah, that's another great one. And I refuse to watch either of those two subtitled. Yeah. I saw them dubbed. That's how I'll remember them. That's how I'll watch them. And, and as far as Bebop goes, I think that is the best dubbed anime ever, dot, period, done. Yeah. I will fight you on this yeah, one. Yeah, I, I mean, it's, it's, I refuse to watch it subtitled. Um, just because that's not when I first watched it, you know, it was, yeah. I would get home late from work. Uh, in high school, on the weekends, and it would be on, so yeah. that'd be like what I would watch. Yeah, um, my friend Chaz and I, who we'll eventually have on an episode, uh, I'm not going to say we've already recorded, it, but we've already recorded it. Right. right. <laughs> <laughs> uh, talking about Final Fantasy, uh, uh, I recorded Bebop off of Adult Swim on two VHSs, and nice. and we would pass them back and forth. Very nice. So. Uh, Bebop was a huge part of my nostalgia trips and childhood. Yeah, yeah. And my sister, she just watched Bebop again recently. She texted me, I don't remember this happening. I don't remember that happening. Wait, that's how it ends? You know? <laughs> I, um, I would come home. I worked, I got a job when I was 14 and I've never stopped. Um, I started working at the age of 14 
Um, and my job, my first job for like, until I was about 17 or 18 was working busing tables at my uncle's restaurant. Mm-hmm. And I would be there Friday, Saturday night and Sunday all day. Uh, I would get home from work Saturday night in the middle of my, you know, shift, kind of my three day. Yeah. And I would just be exhausted. Uh, but I couldn't go to sleep because I'd been up at the restaurant. Yeah. You were just, just like, so keyed up. Yeah. So I'd throw on what was on and usually it was adult swim and it was like, usually I'd catch a bit of cowboy bebop here and there. Mm-hmm. And I don't think I've ever actually sat and watched. I think there are ep- cowboy bebop's only like 20 episodes. 26. No, 25. 25 in a movie. 25 in a movie. Yeah. I think there are bits of that I still haven't seen. My sister, that's the same problem my sister had. So that's why she texted. She didn't remember certain episodes. Like, I think she remembered the ones I was always rewatching. Yeah. Which was Ballad of Fallen Angels, mm-hmm. Jupiter Jazz Part 1 and 2. Yep. And of course, uh, Mushroom Samba. Yeah, I gotta have the Mushroom <laughs> episode. Yeah, you know, any Ed centric episode is amazing. Which is the one that the food attacks them in the ship? Uh, that is Toys in the Attic. That one's one of my favorites. That's a great one. Yeah. Especially with how it ends. <laughs> yeah, yeah, Ed just eats it. Ed just <laughs> eats it. And the other thing is, is it gets released into space with the Nutcracker sweet Oh, play. that's right, yeah. Bum, 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 bum. Like, I just, oh, oh, loved it. Such beautiful animation. I, I really feel like it was, they made up a playlist and they said, how do we animate to this? Yes. And that's kind of what they did. It's incredible, too, because... I always pointed this out um, to my friend Chaz. Like, every episode is either a genre of music or an actual song. Yeah. Because you've got Sympathy for the Devil. You've got Wild Horses. Yeah. You know, both Rolling Stone songs. Uh, you've got, uh, so Jupiter Jazz. Uh, you've got uh, A Waltz for Venus. Mm-hmm. Asteroid Blues. Uh, yeah. My Lovely, or My Funny Valentine. Uh, you know, so. It's all about music and it's the music done by the seatbelts. Oh, yeah. So good. And Yoko Kano composing. Yeah. No, it was the, the only... And that's part of the reason that's what attracted... It was actually watching Cowboy Bebop and that amazing music that drew me into Fooly Cooley with the entire soundtrack for the show being done by the Pillows. Yeah. That's why I downloaded the entire Pillows album <laughs> for, for, you know... Yeah. I've been having a little bit of a nostalgia trip like that lately, too, yeah. you know? So, you know, like, a lot of old things. That and, and the painting on my Warhammer models, you Yeah. Know? Like, I, I just sat there and I, I started painting up my Lehman Rust battle tank and my uh, sent, uh, Sentinel. And, uh, just... Because I like the vehicles more than I like the, the dudes fair. painting. Yeah, fair. Um, just because it's a little easier and I'm not very artistic. Uh, so... Yeah, and there's only so many of these little tiny things you can stare at and paint before you want to stab someone. Yes, yes, exactly. Yeah, I uh, I painted up a, back back in my younger days. I I played 15 millimeter mm. wargaming. Never again. Yeah, um, I painted up an entire Soviet infantry battalion. I closed my eyes and I could still see khaki. <laughs> and now you are a giant 50 millimeter Soviet. Yeah, yeah. I closed my weekends. eyes. <laughs> close my eyes at night, and the only colors I could see were khaki and green. <laughs> oh, but I will say this: those combat pajamas are so comfortable. Oh yeah, tactical pajamas are great. I mean, uh, compared to wearing the British uniform, where you have to button your battle dress tunic into your battle dress pants. So if you have to take an emergency dump, 
you have to undo a dozen buttons all around your stomach, your your true waist. Yeah, I uh, can't believe those guys used to get drunk in that in those outfits because it's like you have a button fly. Like that's just what you need after you've been drinking all night. A dexterity test. <laughs> if this were Dini. Uh, okay, let's make a dexterity saving throw here. Uh, you failed? Okay, you just shit your pants. Yeah, you failed, you wet yourself. Congratulations. Oh. Go back in and hold your head down in shame. Yeah. And then the Germans adopted something similar in 1944. It just makes my head hurt. It's like, why did you do that? I think I mean, if you're already going to lose... Yeah, I think it was economy. They figured they could save, like, two meters of cloth per unit. Lose harder. (laughs) We're not losing hard enough. (laughs) Yeah, of course, by then, though, their uniforms are, like, 40% wood fiber. Yeah. So... Yeah, Yeah, it doubles as a snack and something to burn. (laughs) I'm sure the wool would have burned plenty good anyway. It's a waste of wool. Yeah. You'll feel bad if it's got wood built into it. <laughs> Although they did do something really interesting, actually, with that 1944 uniform. Exactly. They actually uh, did the first experimentations with impregnated anti-insect uh, oh, yeah. Uh, yeah. chemicals. That's one of those things you never really think about yeah. when you're, uh, you're seeing these things, but all the damn bugs. Yeah. Ugh. Oh. On that topic of damn know. bugs yeah damn let's bugs. uh let's take a quick break and go kill a few and yeah and we'll come right. back sounds good i'll get the fly swatter thank you i'll, <laughs> I'll get the i'll get the old-fashioned comical sprayer thing oh yeah Roger rabbit yeah. <laughs> <laughs> all right see you in a minute guys hey everybody chris here i hope you're enjoying this episode of the in the nerd podcast if you are don't forget to subscribe like us Give us a rating if your app supports that. Whatever it is. And reach out to us. We're on Twitter now. Uh, We'll have a Facebook soon, hopefully. Just let us know what you think. We're always trying to improve and trying to make this better so that you enjoy it more. Thanks. All right, we're back. Woo! So, last time we talked about your article in the second Mm -hmm. half. And today, I want to go a little lighter. Okay, fair. Um, and I want to poke fun of certain nerd stereotypes, mm. especially ones we belong to or used to belong to. Mm. And I will throw myself under the bus first on this. Okay, jump on that grenade. I used to be one of those people you couldn't watch a movie with because I was obsessed with either the canon or if we were talking about a war movie, I would be so obsessed with hyper accuracy <laughs> that I'd be pointing out everything wrong. Yeah. Yeah. I I used to be insufferable mm. to the point where my father refused to watch war movies with me <laughs> because I'd be like, oh, he's got that. Thing wasn't invented for another two years. You know? And, and, and I didn't say adopted. I said invented. Right. <laughs> so he'd be like, just watch the damn movie, Chris. <laughs> I just want to enjoy the story. And I'd be like, oh, that's wrong, too. And their helmets are wrong. And that uniform wasn't adopted until 1944. And why? That tank. That, that gun again. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I used to be that guy. So, 
the uh, the interesting thing is, I mean, one, not surprised. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> two, um, I've I've always heard people say like historical accuracy. So it it seems like people fall into one two camps. Historical accuracy is very important, or historical accuracy doesn't matter if the story's good. Yeah. I would say, uh, but some people like they don't care. So it's either historical accuracy all the way or historical accuracy. Who cares? Yeah. And uh, to to that, I'll, I'll always say that if it if you're telling a work of historical fiction, well, I don't think it matters. Yeah, who cares? Who cares? Um, if you're telling a historical story or you're presenting it as actually having happened, yeah, uh, that's where I tend to fall. Not maybe quite that bad, but because and my concern it isn't a matter of well they didn't do their research they didn't get it right. Mine is a concern of people are stupid. Yeah. People are dumb and they'll watch a movie like that and go, oh, that's how it was. And they will insert that and that will now be how they think that event happened. And they'll look at other historical things going, oh, I know about history. I saw this movie once. And it won't make any sense to them and they'll be upset or they'll, they'll say something and they're like, no, that's not how it was. And it's like, no. Now, you don't understand. Well, I saw this thing, and they did it that way. And it's like, oh, God. Yeah. Like, um, what's that? I don't even know if I want to even talk about it. But um, Hamilton. I still have not seen it. I haven't seen it either. Uh, I understand uh, what the creator was doing with mm-hmm. how he did everything. And the songs are supposedly very good. And the choreography is supposed to be amazing. Amazing. And the costumes are very well done, from yeah. what I hear. Um, but my concern is people are going to watch that and there are some people who are going to go, oh, I didn't know that, you know, Alexander Hamilton was Puerto Rican. <laughs> like, and you, you know, we laugh at that, but there yeah. are people who were that stupid. So to that point, do you know, have I ever told you the story of how I started reenacting my definitive moment of I have to do this? No, you haven't. So I live near FDR's house in Hyde Park. Mm-hmm. You know, not not right there, but I'm close. Right. Um, my first job was actually just down the road from Hyde Park, from the FDR Library in Hyde Park. Yeah. Uh, I I worked at the roller rink in Hyde Park next to the Ever Ready Diner, which was on Diners, Drive-ins, and Dives, by the way. Um, but yeah, well, it, that's it was a great diner, and that was a great first job for a 15 year old. Um, <laughs> But I was there in the summer of 2006, and they had a big World War II weekend, and there was a group of Soviets there. Ah. And I was there with my friend Andrew, who was also a big World War II buff history nerd, and we were listening to the the talk from the Soviets. You know, uh, you know him now as Weekend Dad. Ah, yeah. Yeah, good old Weekend Dad. Weekend Dad. I didn't know him at... I didn't know him from Adam at that point. Right. right? <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, so, our friend Adam, yeah. Also who also does reenacting with us, with yeah. Us, yeah. Uh, so, I heard this one woman say to Weekend Dad, Wait, this, the Russians fought in World War Two." Whose side were they on? Germany's? Yeah. I don't recall facepalming that hard before 2006. <laughs> and I just turned to Andrew and I said something to the effect of, we have to do this and teach people. Yeah. Yeah. 2006. 
It was also the year I started drinking. <laughs> yeah. When uh, when I when I met them there, I wasn't even eighteen yet. Yeah. I was just about to turn eighteen. I turned eighteen less than a month before my first event. Nice. Yeah. Yeah. No, I was like, that was uh, no time to start drinking. Yeah. <laughs> People are dumb, and I don't want to deal with it. That that's when you uh, entered war uh, war gaming or. Uh, uh, Games Workshop Anonymous. Yeah. That's what you called yeah. it. GWA. Yeah. Games Workshop Anonymous. Um, <laughs> yeah, that, that, that's the thing that, like, the historical accuracy bug can be, you know, it can be a great thing because it makes you very knowledgeable. Yeah. But it can also be a very bad thing. Cause you you can be a colossal know-it-all dickhead. Mm-hmm. And I'm sure you can agree for the first few years you knew me, I was a colossal know-it-all dickhead. I had heard that complaint leveled against you. Yeah. Um, but never by me. I'm I'm pretty easygoing. Yeah. Easy peasy kind of guy. So it you were never an issue for me. Yeah. But you, I know you other always people had your shit together. That was the other thing. Yeah. I never had to be the know it all dickhead to you. I mean, yeah, well that's kind of my goal is just to kinda of go and do it and have fun and not worry. Yeah. Other people I would let other people do the worrying for me yeah. at that point. Um God, but the worrying I wanted people to do for me at events was, how's it going to drink all that and live? <laughs> and you surprise us every time. Yeah, I wake up every Sunday, yeah. and I'm still there. <laughs> I'm still kicking. Or you wake up Saturday morning loading up your rifle going, you know, fight the Germans? <laughs> yep. Let's go. Let's and go. then the Germans march by and go, he lives. He lives. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, uh, realizing I was the know-it-all dickhead hyper cannon hyper accuracy that that was not a fun realization and uh i'm glad i'm no longer a part of that stereotype mm. because that that is one of the worst ones in my opinion and yeah. i might be a little biased well you know and that's that's fair to acknowledge um i um i like i said my my historical accuracy thing has always been uh i'm I'm willing to go with a close enough. Yeah. You know? Do it as close as humanly possible to correct. Get as close as you can, and and, and and I'll understand if you have to fudge a few things here or there. Yeah. You know? Um, for me, I'm trying to think of, like, the stereotypes I used to fit in, because my biggest issue was always, I've hung around with a lot of nerds. I've been a nerd about some things. But I've always been kind of outside the stereotype trends of it. Mm-hmm. Like, um, here's a nerd stereotype that I don't like that is very real that we talked about on another show. Oh, yeah. And that is the lack of hygiene among nerds. Yeah. I have never had that issue. I've always been, like my father before me, a very clean person. Yeah. Very much a, I need to shower every day. I need to brush my teeth at least once, preferably twice a day. My clothes are dirty. I need to wash them. Yeah. I'm not wearing that again. Like, like even here, we're sitting here recording, and I am wearing a collared shirt. Not because I'm trying to be dressy, but just because this is what it takes for me to feel comfortable and complete. Yeah. Um, and I've hung out with a lot of nerds who do not. Yeah. Do not ascribe to that kind of. Yeah. Um, that mentality. They have the polar opposite. There seems to be soap. What is that? Yeah. Is it food? Is it food? Can I eat? No, you can't eat because it's not deep fried in butter. <laughs> and full of sugar. 
It sounds tasty because it's like a type of animal fat product, but you can't eat it anyway. Um, yeah, there there are absolutely those kinds of nerds, unfortunately. Well, we talked about the nerd funk. Yeah, it's it's real. It's it's the nerd funk is real, and yeah. I I never and, contributed to, to it. To to be fair, we're not putting anyone who has nerd funk on blast. I am a little bit. Okay. I'll fully I'll fully admit. <laughs> I am a little bit, I'm a little bit going, you need to clean your ass. Like, yeah. wash yourself, damn it. Oh, I'm not trying to. <laughs> we're, we're just trying to have some fun poking at them a little bit. It's, yeah. You know. It's it's one of those where it's like, it's a problem. I've been there. I've dealt with it. I told yeah. that whole story uh, one episode where it was like, I would go out and smoke a cigarette. Partly to calm that my was nerves. last episode. And partly so I could just deal with the smell. Yeah. Because if I had the smell of cigarettes coming in my nose, it wouldn't bother me yeah. as much. But Ugh. then, on so on the other side of that, you can get nerds who are very clean, who still have that same, I have to win, fun sponge. Ugh. Yeah. You know? Like, I, I feel like they're not mutually linked, you know? They're, they're not mutually linked because... Or maybe that's not the right turn of phrase. They're not mutually exclusive. Yeah, that maybe that's what I was going for. Yeah, um, I, I, I could be a fun, fun sponge sometimes. I, I, and it depended on the people. Yeah, because if the people were miserable, I would be miserable, and I would just make it worse. Um, I, I nearly well, there's a stereotype you fit into then. Yeah, I, I also would would play and I would drink while playing, mm. and I don't, you know. If I'm if I'm doing badly in a game, or I don't want to play, or I don't like the people I'm playing with, the drinking intensifies because I don't want to be doing it, which means my attitude <laughs> towards them intensifies. I'm pretty sure I nearly got punched out at my own kitchen table one time because <laughs> I was just saying shit just to annoy the person I was playing with. I was going, "Oh, well, it worked for you. Why didn't it work for me? Why can't I? What's well, all the rules were? Oh, but you could do it. I could. It wasn't. You know what? And I was like, "What?" And they had to be like, "Dude, he's drunk." Don't. Just don't. Um, obviously, I don't, I don't do that anymore. This was when I was younger, but, um. Yeah. Ugh, yeah. You, you, you can still get very bear pokey when you're having fun and drinking and playing board games. Yes. But I've never seen you get to that extent. I, I've, I've seen you get to the extent of I'm having such a great time and. I'm having so much fun teasing you and being a dick in a playful way. Yeah. That Adam turned to me and goes, I just can't with Nolan right now. <laughs> <laughs> it was actually the last time we were playing War Room. Yeah. But to be fair, it was also like 2 a.m. at that point. Yeah. And we had been playing since 5.30? We had been playing for a while. Yeah. yeah. And it's it's... I think we were just all a little tired and cranky well, at that we'd point. We've been drinking, and and I'm pretty sure we lost one player to alcohol poisoning yes. earlier in the evening. He so, he had an impressive rally though. Yeah, guy can boot and rally, but yeah. you know, I don't think he absorbed as much as we thought he did at the time. Though no, he didn't. He was. It was fun though. Oh. Um, but yeah, that's that that's more my level, my speed of of being a dick you know just in a playful fun in and in and sort of way oh yeah the, Not, you, you were full on in <laughs> right and that to me is entertaining yeah um there's entertaining people, for me too <laughs> right well and that's and that talks to you know the type of you know 
other gamers don't find that entertaining. They're like, yeah. come on, let's just play, let's just get this, you know, let's just yeah. get this going, and we're just like, <laughs> yeah. And I have to be super serious about this. This is a serious game. This is a serious business. Yeah. It's like, it's a game. Yeah. I've, uh, that's, that's another gamer nerd stereotype. Um, and that is the, the need to take the game or the rules of the game as though they were written in stone. Oh, the rules lawyers. There is a, I yeah. call it the Neo Confucian court. Oh. I like both. I like both of those. I like though. rules lawyer is the traditional term, yeah. and I very much use that. Uh, but I was reading about uh, Korean history, mm-hmm. and they talked about the the Confucian scholars were like the epicenter of the Korean imperial or the Korean royal court, and mm-hmm. they would spend huge amounts of energy and time arguing over the meaning of different Confucian texts, and and get down to like the very characters and what those characters meant, and and I'm like. That's rules lawyering. Yeah. That's that's 16th century Korean rules lawyering. <laughs> and they would divide themselves into factions and argue yeah. over these things. And I'm like, yeah, that's what my friends do all the time. Yeah. We, we have this conversation in D- in our D&D group. Uh, I've played so many editions. I even played a little bit of first edition once. Mm-hmm. Um, so I get editions confused. I get rules confused. Yeah. And one of our, our one of our players is running his own game. Uh, and he, he's constantly being like, okay, I, I don't like how you're interpreting that rule. I'm like, oh, it's, it's the classic rules as written versus rules as intended yeah. argument there. You know, you're, you're going for as written. I'm going for as intended. I'm going the spirit of the rule. You know, like we got into this whole thing about concentration for spells. Like the way I always looked at spell concentration was, okay, I make the little hand gestures and then I have to sit there with the last hand gesture and focus on the spell. That's how I think of concentration. You are concentrating on maintaining that spell. It's not how it's written in the book. In the book it says that you can concentrate on a spell and even cast other spells as long as they don't have concentration in their text. And I'm like, but that doesn't make any sense. You're concentrating on the spell. Yeah. Ugh. Um, I watched as two grown men got into an argument over a series of rules, and it came down to, well, where is the word is in the sentence? <laughs> and I threw my hands up, and I said, that's it, we're done. We're not playing anymore. Well, no, 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 no. I said, no, 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 no. If you are coming up with a Bill Clinton line of defense, I did, well, what is the meaning of the word is? We're done. The game is over. We're not playing. I'm going to bed. <laughs> you wouldn't get very far in life without the word is. Right? <laughs> uh, but that was, that, oh. that is, that orthodoxy has always ruffled my feathers. Yeah. And part of it is, is as I've gotten older, one of the things I've come to the realization of, and I will tell people when they get uppity about stuff like that, it's like, hey, once I buy it, cause I, you, you, you bring up things. I love to tinker. Yeah, I love to go, hey, what if we did this? Hey, what if we do that? Because I look at things and I see the possibility of what mm-hmm. we can do with it. I see what it can do and what it's being used for. And I think, well, what else can we do with it? Mm-hmm. Um, and people will always say things to me. The, the, well, I'm sure they play tested it. Well, it's not what they wanted it to be done. Well, you know, they, they wrote it down so it would work this way. You might mess other mechanics up. You don't know what you're doing. Yeah. To which I say, hey, I bought it. Once I spent my hard-earned money on it, if I want to use it and see how many pieces I can fit up my nose, 
that's the correct way for me to use it. Because I spent my hard-earned money on it. Once it's out of their hands and in mine and I bought it, yeah. I don't. I don't care what the rules are. I might use it the way the rules say. Yeah. If I choose to use it as, tra- as trap shooting targets, that's the correct way to use it. Because it's how I want to use it. Kevin from Home Alone 1 right there. Yeah. Well, like one of the games we played has, um, it's a 4X game where you explore space in, in the Star Trek universe. Yeah. And all the different systems are these little circles. And I'm like, if I want to use those as coasters, that is the correct way for me to play that game. Yeah. I call it Star Trek the Coaster Game. <laughs> and and how do you play? You put your drink on it, and you don't screw up my nice dining room table. That's that's how you play it. Oh. Well, that's not how they intended. Yeah, you know, I'm the one who spent sixty bucks on the flipping thing. I'll decide how we play with the pieces. Thank you very much. <laughs> and I don't know what the stop is for the guys who are like that. Yeah. Who are like, well, this is how they wanted you to play it, dude. You bought it. If you want to use it to supplement your pillow when you're sleeping at night, yeah. If you, if you want to put the little pewter models in a slingshot and launch them at each other across the room, do it. If that's how you choose to interpret how to represent war in the 41st millennium, by you shooting the plastic pieces at each other with yeah. a slingshot, you are doing it correctly. Yeah. They are yours to do with, and so many of them just go, what, well, that, but then you're not doing it right. It's, no, it's your money, man. Yeah. You spent it. It's yours. Do what you want with it. Yeah. I mean, there is something to be said about playing the game as intended. Yeah. But you don't have to only play things as intended. Right. You don't not only that, but you don't have to treat it with this like it's set in stone yeah, the, orthodoxy. Like yeah. this is how they meant it and this is what it says. And technically because of the comma here and then this sentence here, it means that that it's like, dude, just go with what you feel, man. Yeah. So have fun. Let it loose. Let loose, man. Yeah. Have fun. Those I feel like those people are also to an extent, fun sponges. They certainly can be. Because they, 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 the rules have to be how they interpret them because that's how they win. Right. You know? Well, and that, and, and that's one way. I, I actually had some, when I, when I finally confronted someone with this and was like, why, why do you care? What the, it's a game. Yeah. It's a game because, well, if I'm investing this amount of my time into something, I want to make sure that it's being done correctly. I go, okay, but if we agree, if we can sit and agree how this is meant to be done, then what does it care what the rules say? Yeah. And that one took a little bit more soul-searching, and they went, I used to play games like this with my brother when we were kids, and he would always change the rules. And I went, okay, you know what? That's fair. Yeah, I understand. Like, And that wasn't, that wasn't a, a snap-fire-back answer. That was a, you had to stop and think about why you do what you do. Yeah. And that made him go, mm, this is why. And I'm like, yeah. okay, you know what? That's fair. I get that. That's a real answer, you know? Yeah. yeah that's kind of how I uh, stopped being the know-it-all douchebag. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I still can be about things, but yeah. I, I I think I'm very conscious about that now, and I try not to be. I think that's a lot of the nerd stereotypes that we've talked about, interestingly enough, have related to gaming. Um not exclusively, but a lot yeah. of them have. And there seems to be a fair degree or a fair amount of lack of self-awareness Yeah, with a lot of those kind of tropes. You know where the lack of self-awareness comes in the heaviest, I think? Where's that? Kids who want to fit in. Yeah. Well, because be- they're not I mean, worried about what they're doing or why they're doing it. Yeah. 
I mean, so I've, I've taken you out to play Airsoft a couple times. Oh, yeah. And how often do we see the adults running around, you know, ah, I got fucking hit, you yeah. know? And then you see the 14-year-old out there who mom dropped off, have fun, Billy, you know? And he's like, oh, fuck, I got hit, you know? Yeah. It's like, okay, you're 13. Do you really understand the context of what you're saying? Yeah. You know, and then you get back and you're reloading and they're just spouting off the expletives to sound cool around the older kids and the adults. Yeah. You know, playing online games. Ugh, I don't That's, do that. that is the worst cesspool of that. Yeah. Especially first person shooters. Yep. yep. I stopped playing Apex Legends mm-hmm. even after my friends stopped playing. I stopped playing because of that kind of stuff. Yeah. You know? Yeah, there's there's a fair amount of groupthink and action that goes in on in those things. Yeah. Um the and God the the, the racial slurs oh, like God. oh I oh I I it reached one point where I would enter a game and mute everybody. Yeah. I, I didn't care. I just muted everybody right out the gate because I was tired of hearing words, you know, and it wasn't just directed at one demographic. No. Like, some of these kids were trolling, and they made it their mission to offend everybody. Yeah. We we had a similar experience. We played um, Nations at War, which is a, I think it's like a, a massive online multiplayer third-person shooter Napoleonic game. Mm-hmm. Looks really cool, and if you get into, like, the European servers and stuff... It's a lot of fun, but uh, a friend of mine, Brian, was playing it late at night, and he had to mute it. Like, the whole point is you can chat with each other yeah. in-game and on your team and stuff like that. He had to mute because there were two people actively, like, just sitting there unironically talking about the Jewish conspiracy, oh, the, the Zionist-occupied government thing. Ugh. And and he was just like, mm, so I'm not going to play that game again because it upset me. And I felt bad because I was the one who was like, this looks so cool. And I was watching things, and I got into a small server with some Canadian guys who were, like, walking me through how to do everything because mm-hmm. they're always the nicest no matter where you go whatever genre you're in unless you piss them off or you support the wrong hockey team well yes but <laughs> as an american we know better yes um <laughs> and i can't talk i'm a rangers fan well <laughs> none um, of them like me <laughs> but yeah like god that's just and a lot of it is probably just to just to be edgelords you yeah because that's the cool thing and it's that lack of self-awareness that you see so often in people following these kind of nerd stereotypes. Yeah. Like the, why don't you bathe and take better care of yourself? Well, it's, you know, nobody does it. It's, that's, that's lame. It's, or, oh, God, what's their favorite? Well, it's gay. Like, Oh, yeah. That, that's another one that pisses ugh. me off. It's like, come on. It's 2021. Yeah, I think we you, can You can dispense the, with that kind I, of stupidity. I can't believe that that, like, they were saying people. Teenagers were saying dumb shit like that when I was one of them. Yeah. And to hear, like, here we are all these years later, and it's still, like, a common, like, it's like, really, dude? Yeah. That's the best you got? <laughs> okay. All yeah, right. I mean, we've all been dumb kids. Absolutely. But when you are past a point where you should no longer be a dumb kid. Yeah. You know? Well, and the fact that that still exists, even though you've grown out of it, but the next generation is doing the same dumb shit. Yeah. Like it's it's very disheartening, I suppose. A, lot of a little bit. Um, let's see. What is some other nerd stereotypes? Well, we could talk about weebs. Oh, the weebs. Weeaboo. 
Oh, they are. They are special. Yeah, they are. They're... <laughs> so, actually, I just saw something on the 40K subreddit. Because mm-hmm. um, I, I was just... I, I was like, okay, I'm feeling pretty good about the way I painted up my Lumen Russ. Time to bring myself down a peg by looking at what other people can do. Yeah. And someone got this, like, supreme space marine lord, and they painted up a body pillow that he carries into battle. (laughs) And after I got done laughing, I'm like, is this to make fun of the weebs? Or is that how he sees himself? Yeah. Is that him with his waifu? Yeah. That's that's a whole nother, like... (laughs) Subgenre of of nerdedom that I'm just yeah. I, like so I was talking earlier about all the stuff I bought yeah. at the Asia Mart and all the Chinese food from living over there and things like that. So I I I judge those people fairly harshly, but I know I shouldn't because I know I can see them clearly from where I'm sitting yeah. atop my 24 case of Chinese tea and dumplings in the freezer and yeah. and you know the new walk I want to get and all that stuff. Now some might say that I'm you know, I'm separate from that because at least I lived there. At least yeah. I had those experiences for such a you know period of my life that it's a little bit more okay. You know, I'm not yeah. waifu, and you got to watch this anime, and you can't watch it dubbed, and you got to yeah. everything Japan. Where I'm yeah. like, I remember drinking this when I was over there. I remember eating this kind of food. Yeah. Mm, memories. Oh well, those are also the kind of people who. I... Let's go to the extreme of the stereotype. Okay. You know, and again, this is the extreme, the super far end. Yep. Those are also the nerd funk. Yep. Body pillow. Yep. They'll understand me in Japan. People. Yeah. You know? And, and they constantly talk about how American women are inferior to Japanese women and all this stuff. And their only experience with Japanese women is through anime. Yeah. Where they all look like white women with blue hair. Yeah, and ridiculously proportioned. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> like a chicken drama standing on its own too, <laughs> under its own power. <laughs> yeah. Um and that that's another reason why I love Cowboy Bebop. There really isn't that. Yeah. They're generally pretty realistic to people. The fact that you watch the whole thing and it takes a while before you realize Ed is a girl. Yeah, well, I think they mentioned that in the first episode. They might, but it's really hard to tell if you don't yeah. know that. Um, Ed is kind of androgynous. Yeah, Ed's also like nine. I mean, she's older than that, but still. Yeah. It's just one of those things where it's like, yeah, Ed's deliberately androgynous. Yeah. And it's like, you, you see that so very rarely Yeah, uh, when it comes but, to I mean, female depictions in Japanese cartoons. You even look at, you look at Faye, like, they try to make it look like she's got biddies but she don't <laughs> they she does dress over sexualized but i think she does that part of his ploy to like oh distract yeah it's, people. it's absolutely a tactic yeah she's going into battle wearing a bikini well right and she does it because she's a bounty hunter and she knows she can lure some of her uh you know targets yeah. in with that appearance and then go and click yeah. gotcha i've seen her do it i've yeah. seen the episodes where she does it um uh, Ballad of Fallen Angels. She wears the dress. The one episode where they make it look like she's got massive gazangas, mm-hmm. which is a term that I feel needs to be brought back. I, I just, you said that and I went, 
Oh my god, is it 2003 again? <laughs> Holy cow! Yeah, I mean... But then you look at every other episode and it's like... Cardboard. Yeah, well... <laughs> it's it's one of those weird things. And, and yeah, those people really need a reality check. Yeah. I mean, and I've never... I've been to Narita. I've been through the airport uh, in Japan. I don't think the Japanese would take too kindly to them either. Yeah. Well, there, there actually is a great meme of they'll understand me in Japan. Yeah. And it's a dude, a overweight American dude wearing some weird hat with a body pillow and like a Japanese businessman looking at, at him just like, what the fuck? <laughs> what is going on in America these days? Yeah. That country's so screwy. <laughs> well, that's what you get for exporting all your weird shit since 1950. <laughs> hey, hey. It's our fault. We're the ones who nuked him. Twice. Twice. <laughs> yeah. Japanese culture is a study of what happens to nuclear radiation on small, isolated populations. <laughs> what the long-term impact of nuclear exposure to isolated populations is. <laughs> I don't think it was anything like that. I think it was more like, okay, well, this is really weird. Let's, yeah, let's send that to America. <laughs> That's possible. Yeah. I mean, it's just, just a bunch of Japanese businessmen sitting around a boardroom going, this is really fucked up. Let's give it to the Americans well, you know and see what they think of it. And then we loved it. I actually talked to some, I, I heard, had a conversation. I heard, overheard a conversation. I forget the context I, I, I learned this in, in Hawaii. Mm-hmm. Uh, and believe it or not, all, so it's not really Japan's fault and it's not really our fault. It's Hawaii's fault. Oh. Because before that stuff would be massively commercially available in the continental United States, Japan would export it specifically to Hawaii. Oh. To the point where originally it wasn't anime, it was called Japanimation. Oh yeah. And it got that term because that is what they would ship to Hawaii and then if it was well and did well in Hawaii, they would send it to the mainland to be picked up there. That makes sense. Hawaii was the testing ground Japan used for, well, for lots of things like carrier airstrikes, but <laughs> also <laughs> for their animation. There's a, there's a great joke, and it is, uh, is a hundred zeros a lot? And the response is, well, it depends on where they are. It, if they're after a decimal point, no. If they're over on a Lulu, Yes. <laughs> oh, that's terrible. <laughs> that's terrible, but here I am laughing. <laughs> oh, uh, you know what? I think that's that's a, a perfect spot to, uh, <laughs> to, <laughs> to call it. I think we've offended enough of our audience. Yes. <laughs> Mission accomplished. Mission accomplished. <laughs> Torah, Torah, Torah. <laughs> I'm Mount Nikata. Oh wait, wait, that's that's what they said before they yeah. attacked. I'm I'm dumb. No, no, Tora 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 was surprise has been achieved. Yeah. Tiger, tiger, tiger. So uh I guess now there's only one thing left to say, which is your uh your new catchphrase. If you're gonna nerd, nerd responsibly. See you next time, guys. Bye.